I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you for the word today. Thank you for your people. Thank you for the spirit of God who's in this place. I step back so the spirit of God can use me to articulate the things that are on your heart. And I pray today that not only the mothers, but every person watching and every person who's physically here will leave encouraged from the word of faith that they hear today. And I thank you for signs, miracles, and wonders following our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody say amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We're in a series, a new series I started on last week entitled Emotional Estate. Everybody say emotional estate. Now listen, typically uh, a lot of times pastors will use the, the times and the seasons to actually preach a message that relates to the time and the season. And so you'll go to a lot of churches on today and you'll hear messages on Mother's and a Mother's Day type message. But uh, I decided to stay in my series. I did because I, I know that's what God wants. But, you know, you have to remember now, God, uh, every day is Mother's Day to God. In fact, in fact, let me just mess you up a little bit. Let me just mess you up a little bit before I jump into my lesson. From God's perspective, you didn't even, have, you didn't even need to have children for him to call you a mother. Because if you go back and read Genesis, God called Eve the mother of all living before she even had any kids. See, you got to understand, God calls those things that be not as though they were. That's, that's like it says. It says a man that finds a wife finds a good thing. It didn't say find a girlfriend. See, that's the problem. See, you, you're trying to be a girlfriend when you need to see yourself as a wife. Okay, all right, let me just. <laughs> that was too deep for us to be like, huh? So the purpose of the series that I'm in is threefold. Number one, to help us understand our emotions. Number two, to help us understand the role that our emotions should play in our lives. And then number three, we're going to learn how to manage our emotions successfully. Everybody say successfully. Because a person's emotional life will impact their physical life. Everybody say my emotional life will impact my physical life. And the reason I say that is because your emotional state, listen, it impacts your attitude, it impacts the influences, or it influences the decisions you make, and then your emotions also fuel your feelings. So if you're taking notes today, my lesson title is different, but I want you to just flow with me. And the topic is to feel or not to feel. That is the question. So we defined emotions on last week as a positive or negative mental state that arises almost spontaneously as a result of an experience, as a result of a thought or that thought can be perceived or real. 
These emotions are often accompanied by physiological changes in our feelings, our attitude, and our actions that are normally short-term, but if we don't deal with these emotions properly, they can have long-term effects. Amen to that. And so last week, one of the main points that I gave was actually a question, and the question was, do I have emotions or do my emotions have me? And most of the time, in many cases, our emotions get the best of us because we have not learned how to manage them. Say amen to that. Amen. And an important truth that we learned on last week was that it's possible to be angry and not sin. Everybody say years ago. Years ago, I haven't told this story public in a long time. And when I say years ago, it's been, it's been some years, okay? Because I don't want people to still think that I'm walking around throwing coffee on people. I'm still not doing that. I'm not doing that, okay? But years ago, I'll never forget, uh, I had preached a great sermon because, you know, the devil wants to come on Sunday to get that word from you. He don't want to wait till Monday. He wants to get it on Sunday. So some of y'all, he's going to take it on the way out. Some of y'all, the parking lot attendant going to take it from you. Some of y'all, the QT gas station servant attendant, they're going to. But he coming out the word. So this Sunday, I, I, I never forget, I preached a great word. And uh, at the time, I had Sprint as my, my, my phone carrier, and I was having problems with my phone. So, you know, I figured, hey, let me just run by Sprint and get this fixed and, uh, and get it straightened out. And so, uh, you know, they closed at 6 o'clock, and I'll never forget, uh, I got there like right at 5.55. How many know people in the service industry don't like you coming in at the last minute like that? I got in, I mean, I got in right in at 5.55. And I walk in, and you know, I'm, I'm excited to be there because I made the timeline. They weren't excited to see me, though. So I stood around for probably about 15 minutes. And, and you know, I'm thinking, I'm, at least acknowledge me. Now, the devil already knows my hot button. It's poor customer service. That's it. That's why I try to give good customer service as a pastor. Amen. That's, That's why, why if you don't, don't see people smiling and serving, just report them, report them. I'm just playing. So anyway, I'm about 15 minutes rolling. Ain't nobody said nothing. The security person even didn't say nothing to me. You know how you got the people that's watching to make sure you don't take no phones? Didn't even say nothing. Didn't acknowledge me or nothing. So now, I'm, you know, I'm kind of getting flustered a little bit. I, I, I walk in in the spirit because I just left church. So finally, one of, the, one of the people came and acknowledged me and says, oh, you know, we'll get with you. And so another 20 minutes or so come by. So now, you know, I'm kind of steaming like broccoli a little bit. So they said, well, how can I help you, sir? And I said, well, you know, I'm having problems with my phone. And, uh, they, and so I explained what it was. And so they said, well, sir, um, the only way we can fix that is by resetting your phone. I said, well, if I reset my phone, will I lose all my data? They said, yeah. I said, well, that's not an option because I had too much data in here. And then, you know, you know how people, they really don't want to help you. So they tell you everything that the problem is. They don't tell you how to, you know, fix it. They just, we can't do this, we can't do it. Well, what can you do? So finally, you know. I saw that this person was pulling me out of the spirit into the flesh. I felt it. You can feel that. I felt it. So I was like, not today, devil. So I decided I'm going to leave. 
and I'll call customer service uh, later on to, you know, talk to somebody and, you know, whatever. So when I was walking out, I was clapping on the inside to myself on how well I did. Good job, baby. Good job. Good job. Good job. Good job. You didn't, you didn't do anything bad. Good. And then when I got outside, I started thinking, you know what? I need to, I need the manager's number. To, I need to call him and let him know what service I didn't get. So I, I went and, you know, knocked on the, on the door, uh, of the, you know, and it was glass, you know, so, you know, all you hear is tap, 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 tap on the glass. And, uh, they came to the door and they just cracked the door. Like, like I'm a thief or something, you know. They just cracked the door. I said, and, and, and what it was, cause me and the guy kind of got into an argument in there. And, and that's, that's when, when I was like, like you know what, we not, not, I'm not going to do this today. today. So, so that's when, when I walked out. But he's the one who came to the door. door. And so, so I was like, uh, can I please get the manager's name and card so I can call them later? And he was like, okay. So I thought he was going to let me in. So when I walked in, he, he, he closed the door on my foot. I said, what? You don't do that to the man of God. So now I'm mad. He brings the card out. So I, sit, I get in the car. And I, and I decided, you know what, I'm going to call Sprint right now. So I sat in front of, you know, I was parked somewhere else. So I parked in front of the door and got on the phone while I was on the phone. And, and I'm on the phone with Sprint, and I know how long they're going to take. So I, but I was really waiting on that guy to come outside. <laughs> I really was. And so they knew it, too, because, you know, we, we kind of... You know, got into a little bit in, in there, but you know, I, I didn't go all the way to the, I didn't go to the devil level. I just, he just pulled me into the flesh. So, all of, everybody's coming out, and, and there were some girls that, you know, that was coming out that, that saw me and him in there, so, you know, they trying to get, they, they like. So anyway, I'm sitting there, and, 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 uh, the guy comes outside. And, uh, he comes out, and so he locks the door really fast, and so I rolled down my window, I said, hey, hey! And he started running, he started running, he started walking real fast. I'm like, no, brother, we need to talk. Can we talk for a minute? So he didn't stop, so I went and parked behind him so he couldn't get out. I know, I know. It's going downhill. It's going down. Stop pointing behind him. He was like, you need to get out of the way. I said, you need to get out of the car. We need to talk. Can we talk? So finally, he, he was, I'm going to call the police and see, once you're in the flesh, it's too late. You're going to have to apologize to the Lord and to the person, so you might as well finish. I'm like, you need to get out of the car. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, my, my voice is up here. And finally, he's like, I'm going to call the police. I was like, call the police. Call. So then, I don't know how, I went from telling him to call the police to beating on the hood of his car. I was beating on the hood. I was, get out the car right now. And, you know, he was scared. I, I don't blame him. I would have been scared too. So then he was like, I'm calling up. I'm beating on this hood. You call the police. And then I came to myself. I'm like, 
What are you doing? <laughs> Everybody say, you got to be, be angry, but sin not. So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, they're going to put that up there because that day I got angry and I sinned. You say, Pastor, what happened after that? I flee the scene. That's what happened. <laughs> I want to stay there and get arrested. Are you crazy? <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, it says, Be angry. Read it with me, church. And what? Sin not. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. But watch this though. It's verse 27 that's going to help guide our discussion today. Verse 27 of that same verse says this. Watch this. Read it with me. Neither give place to the devil. Wow. So watch this now. It's, it's possible to be angry and not sin. But it's also possible to be angry. And in doing so, watch this now. We not only sin, but we give place to the devil. In other words, it's possible for us to give, listen, the enemy space in our emotions that allows him to manipulate how we feel, which eventually influences what we do. Say amen to that. And I call that the devil level. Because listen, the devil, he can't get in our spirits. So the best way for him to influence us is through our soul realm. That's how he did it to Eve. That's how he does it to us. So here's point number one if you're taking notes. And you should have gotten some notes uh, when you walked in. And then you should have some notes online. Just click on the link and you can get those. So point number one is we give place when we appeal to how we feel. I'm going to say that again. We give place to the devil when we appeal to how we feel. The word appeal means to, uh, to be attracted to or to be interested in. In other words, when we give place to what we're interested in, then guess what happens? It's going to hurt us. And in Genesis chapter 3, I want to show you that the devil used the soul realm of Eve to get to her. Genesis 3, 1, it says, Now the serpent, the devil, was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, what do you think he used to talk to the woman? He used words. He said to the woman, has God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said to her, you shall not surely die. For God knows that in the day that you eat it, then your eyes will be opened and you shall be as gods, knowing what, church? Good and evil. So watch this, church. Eve gave place to the devil. And the way she did it, watch this now, was that she allowed him to speak to her soul. See, we remember uh, last week that there are three parts of us. Uh, they're going to put up First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. There are three parts of you. You're not just a physical person. You are an eternal being. You and I have been made like God and in his image. That's why when you die, the spirit part of you is going to go somewhere. And there are only two places your spirit can go 
when you die. You're going to either get eternal life or you're going to receive eternal damnation. One of the two. One is called heaven and one is called hell. Those places are real. We have been made in his image. And it says, and the very God of peace sanctified you holy. He says, I pray that your whole spirit, your whole soul, and your whole body be preserved what? Blameless. So there are five, there are three parts of me. Everybody say spirit, soul, body. Now we looked on last week, the soul part of us has five components to it. And the reason I'm mentioning these five is because I'm going to show you is that's what the devil used. Watch this now to reach Eve. That's what he does. He did to her. That's what he's going to do to us. So the soul consists of your mind, your will, your emotions, your intellect, and your imagination. Everybody say my mind, my will, my, my emotions, my intellect, and my imagination. So the enemy, watch this now, he made an appeal to Eve by way of her soul. Because verse 5 says, he said to her, for God knows in the day that you eat it, then your eyes will be open and you will be like God's, knowing good and evil. Evil. In other words, he influences Eve's soul, watch this, by getting her, listen church, to imagine something that was outside of God's will. I'm going to say that again. What he did, he influences Eve's soul by talking to her. And in doing that, he got her to imagine something that was outside of God's will for her life. In other words, watch this. He used her imagination to get to her. You say, well, how did he do that? Because he said, wait a minute. God didn't say that. God knows that when you eat this, then this is what's going to happen. Well, she didn't know what this was. She had to use her imagination to figure that out. And in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, I'm going to read this verse and then I'm going to tie this together. God told Joshua after Moses died, he says, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. He says, but I want you to meditate therein day and night. That word meditate is also the word imagine. Psalm tw uh, chapter 2 verse 1, I'm going to read it. He says, why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The word imagine and the word meditate are the same. In other words, I want you to see that anytime options are put before us, that we have to figure the option out mentally. We have moved now out of logic into now imagining. This is why worry and fear is so real. Because what the devil does, he gets us to focus on, watch this now, what has not happened. But he puts it in our mind what we think is going to happen. And so watch this now. Your body will follow where your mind takes it. And once we feed, listen, our feelings in a negative way, we open the door and we let the enemy in. We give him place. And once we function, listen, from our feelings, then we cease to now function in faith. This is why he wants to pull us into our emotion. He wants you in that realm because that's where he can defeat you. He cannot defeat us when we stay on the spirit level. He wants to pull us into the corner realm. So if you're taking notes, here's point number two. In order for us to defeat him, we must faith it until we make it. I didn't say fake it. I said faith it. Everybody say faith it. See, our faith should be used for more than just believing God for blessings. But it should also be used, watch this, to protect us. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8. 
He says this about the devil. He says, be sober. Be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, everybody say, I have an adversary. You know, some people be like, I don't want to say nothing about the devil because I'm, you know, I don't want him to mess with me. He messing with you anyway. The devil does not fight fair. He's messing with you anyway. And so he tells us, he says, your adversary, the devil, he's as a roaring lion. It didn't say he was one. And watch what he's doing. He's walking around seeking who he may devour. He can't devour everybody. Only those who let him. So then they tell us how to deal with him. He says, listen, what you need to do is you need to resist steadfastly. How? So what am I going to use to resist the devil? I'm going to use my faith. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 says this, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness, watch this church, in high places, wherefore take unto you the whole arm of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, watch what he says, Stand therefore. Look in verse 16. He says, above all. In other words, he listed the armor. He says, but above all that, he says, I need you to take the shield of what? And what are we going to be able to do with that? He says, you're going to be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. So the way you and I win the emotional fight is to stay in faith. You say, well, Pastor, what does that look like? See, because the problem is, a lot of times when we're going through things, we make it about us. When a lot of times what we're going through, it's happening to us, but it's really not about us. See, Peter was going through it. Jesus showed back up. This is after Jesus had resurrected. He showed up. He said to Peter, hey, see, listen, Peter. He says, I pray for you that your faith won't fail. He says, now, once you're strengthened, once you're converted, he says, I want you to go back and strengthen your brother. In other words, he was saying, Peter, I know what you're going through feels like it's about you, but it's really not just about you. He says, I'm using this to help you help somebody else. And a lot of times what we're going through, we're so focused on what it feels like and what it looks like and what people see and what people perceive. And we go through all that when it's really not about us. I learned that hard lesson when we was building this building. Because there were so many opportunities, the devil, you know, because he talks to you. He was like, oh, y'all ain't going to finish that building. And let me just say this. Whatever language you speak is how the devil going to talk to you. If you have an English accent, he's going to speak to you with an English accent. If you're from the hood and that's how you talk, he's going to talk to you like you're from the hood. He was like, y'all not going to finish that building? It's going to get half finished and people going to drive by and be like, what was that going to be? And a lot of days, you know, if you don't watch it, if I didn't watch it, I would listen to him and be like, oh, my God. And so fear would come on me. And then, watch this. And then, once fear comes on you, you start factoring the facts. You get out of faith. Because the facts, the facts were, when we started this building, we were a million dollars short before we started so now he used that fact against me. See, now you know you didn't have a million dollars for you. You, you didn't have enough for you started anyway. Y'all not going to make it. So then, if you look at the facts, you're going to get out of faith. So as, I was, as we were building the building, I had to make a decision. 
that I was going to stand in faith. What does that mean? I was going to stand on what God told me. He said he was going to put us in a place of our own and that we weren't going to move no more. That's what he told me. So watch this now. The moment we allow our feelings, our flesh, or our fears about the future to pull us into the realm of the unknown, listen, then we open the door for the adversary to come in. Because his goal is to always get us, listen church, to question what God has said. That's his goal. The only way to get you out of, out of faith is to start questioning. Get you to question what God has said. That's what he did to Eve in Genesis 3. He says, did the Lord say? Has the Lord said? So the way he got her to pull her in is he started asking her questions and made her begin to question God. And listen, God don't mind us asking him questions. He don't mind that. Because at the heart of that, we're just saying, hey, God, I need some answers regarding something. But I tell you what, it becomes an issue when we begin to question God. You say, what's the difference? We're not asking the question to understand why. We're asking the question because we are questioning if God knows what he's doing. Church, just because we don't know what God is doing does not mean God does not know what he's doing. And to be honest with you, God does not have to prove to the creation that he knows something that they don't know because the creation wasn't even around when he did what he did anyway. Can I tell you something else? God ain't accountable to us. Say amen to that. No, a lot of times we feel like God's accountable to us. No, the problem is we want to know how God's going to do it, who he's going to use to do it. And then with the big question is, when is he going to do it? When, God, when? Can I tell you something? God only gives you information on an as-needed basis. I don't like that about God sometimes. Because sometimes I want, the, I want the answer right now. See, some of y'all be like, I want the answer right now. God, when is my husband going to change? When? You don't want to know that. Because you're going to get weak and weary in well-doing. Because you don't know he's never going to change. Never. Never. So that's why God ain't said nothing to you. You can't have it. You can't have it, I show. He's not changing. He's not changing. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't know who he's talking to. But he's talking to somebody. He's not going to change. She is not going to change. Take it like it is. The, listen, the quicker you accept that truth, the quicker peace will come into your life. Okay, I'm trying to help you. I had 25 years in, now 26, I don't know, that's the Lord, you know. <laughs> okay, let me stay focused on here. That was not on my script, so delete that. It's out. Okay. So watch this. Here's what we have to do. Because, see, God only gives information on an as-needed basis. So the thing is, if we will trust his word to be the lamp and trust his word to be the light, watch this now, we will faith our way through what we need to go through. Because he knows and he sees what we don't know and see. Is there anybody's birthday today? Anybody's birthday today? If your birthday is today, 
Raise your hand if your birthday is today. Come here, man of God. Come on. Come on. Give him a come on up here. Happy birthday, man of God. So I want you, hey, uh, uh, Polo. We got two people. Okay, well, come on up here too, brother. Come on, give our brothers a big hand clap today. So, Pasquale, can you, like, take them in the admin hall? Take them to the admin hall. Take them. How you doing, Dow? You nice suit, brother. All right. Yes. Take them to the admin hall. Take them to the admin hall. So, I'm going to make the statement again. If we will trust his word to be a lamp to our feet, Trust his word to be a light unto our path because he sees and knows what we don't see and know. We will be able to faith our way through what we need to go through. So I'm going to give both of those brothers $100 for their birthday. Right? Okay? So, so watch this though. I'm going to put the money somewhere they don't know where it is. But see, we're going to be a lamp unto their feet and a light unto their path. We're going to act like we God right now. You ain't God, but we're going to act like it today. So, so what we're going to do, uh, see, so what we're going to do is I'm going to put, put right here. Mm-hmm. Y'all see that? All right. All right. And then uh, maybe I should put four out. I'm going to put out four. <laughs> Illustration gone bad. Okay, Pastor Johnson, gonna have to get under there and get my hundred. How many is that? Three. Okay, so. Bring the first contestant out. Just bring one of them. Bring one of them. Just one. Let me see what time is it. Oh, I got to hurry up. Come on, get him the dog. Now remember, who y'all? We're God. Did you see where I put it? Do you know where I put it? And because you know and you see, you can help him know and see. Okay, come, come on, on up here, uh, young, young man. Y'all, y'all give, give our contestant a big hand clap. So, happy birthday. So, uh, I've decided to give you $200 for your birthday. Here's the thing. Two of the $100 are somewhere on this stage. Somewhere, somewhere on the stage. This is somewhere. But you got to find it. But here's the thing, though. The audience is God because they know everything because they saw everything. They saw where the blessings got put. All you have to do is listen to them and they can guide you to your $200. So uh, which, which one y'all want to get to first? Which one? Y'all talk to him. Talk to him. Talk to him. Okay. His wife is coming down. Come on, help me. Come on, help me. Come on, you better help the man of God. 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 Help the man. Help the man of God. You better help them. Come on, girl. You better help the man of God. Help the man of God. Help the man of God.
uh, of the spirit realm. So how do we do that? We have to maintain. Everybody say maintain. You must maintain a surrendered soul. In Mark chapter 12, verse 28, we're going to close with this verse right here. Mark 12, 28. It says, and one of the scribes came to Jesus. They heard him. They heard them reasoning together and perceived that he had answered them well. Then they asked him the question, which is the first commandment of them all? And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments, read it with me, church. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is what? One Lord, read it, read verse 30. And you shall love the Lord with, stop right there, with how much? All of your what? All your heart. And what, read it again, what's the next one? With all of your what? Okay, so what does my soul represent? My mind, my will, my imagination. Okay, so he's saying the only way we're going to be able to stay in the faith realm, he says you got to love God, watch this, with all of your soul. Which means now I have to make, my soul has to stay surrendered. Because you know you can get off. That's why one minute, the, the, the disciples are like, oh, they, you're the son of God. They're going to take what's in the world. And then the next minute, Jesus is having to rebuke them. So he says, in order for me to stay surrendered in my soul, I must love God with all of my heart. Because listen, if I love God with all of my heart and all of my soul, watch this. No, nothing else can replace that. See, you want to know how to get your heart broke? Let me tell you how to get your heart broke. When you love somebody more than you love God. Oh, it's going to get broke. Just, just, just call me and tell me so I can be praying for you. It's going to get broke. See, this is why people go through relationships or issues and they get devastated. And they don't want to live no more. They want to kill themselves because so-and-so left them or whatever the case is. The problem with that is you have now magnified that person over God. Because if I'm going to love God with how much of my soul? Oh, so what's this? So if God has all of my soul, you only have some of it. Maybe you gave all to somebody when you need to be giving all to Jesus. I surrender. I don't know the rest, but anyway. <laughs> we get back to four on the finish because I don't know. The only way to stay surrendered in my soul is to stay submitted. And the only way to stay submitted, watch this now. It's by keep resisting. James chapter 4, verse 7. Here's the last verse. I said, uh, this is my second close. I'm a pastor. So I, I, I get three. It says, submit yourself to who, church? To God. Do what? Resist. And what's going to happen? You cannot resist before you submit. And some of us, here's the application. We're going to have to surrender our soul. And the only way we're going to do that is we're going to have to wake up every day and say, God, I surrender. It's that simple. And when you mess up, just mess up. God ain't holding on to nothing. Why are you? So with every head bowed, there are some people watching me right now. You have not fully surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. If you die today, you're not 100% sure you go to heaven. 
but I'm talking to you right now. There's some people in this room. If you die today, you're not 100% sure you go to heaven either. But I want you to be sure. God wants you to be sure. That's why he brought you here.